Welcome to Snell Nation. Tonight we're going to talk about the digital chains of slavery that are on the way uh, and more. But first, a quick message from our sponsor. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, what a world we live in. Uh, it's, <laughs> um, it's currently uh, October the 28th, 2021. And uh, another beautiful, cold and gloomy evening here in Ohio. And more and more interesting things are starting to happen. I mean, things are getting progressively, I mean, you could say progressively worse, but I guess it depends on um, which side you sit on. Um, if you're benefiting from this crisis or, or if you're being taken advantage of, if you're, you're a victim in all this somehow. Um, but it's been, it's been rather fascinating, but the thing that's, that's really captured me, that's captured my attention the most is the fact that so many people, they still, for, I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how they, they rationalize this, the mental gymnastics they have to do to, to come to this conclusion, but still feel that they are free you know, free to, to live their lives and, and be themselves and, you know, uh, free to travel, free to, <laughs> free to grow, free to prosper, you know, all that good stuff. Considering everything that's happening right now, of course, if you, if you, if you question that, that type of perspective that, you know, well, we're still, especially here in the United States, you know, we're still the, the land of the free, the home of the brave. Um, meanwhile, hundreds of millions of people are cowering in fear as they're ordered at, at different times to stay in their homes or stay in their, their neighborhoods or, you know, don't travel from city to city or state to state or don't travel internationally. Well, if you do, then you have to do this and you have to get additional swab tests and all that, you know, all that. And still, you know, this, this is the great, someone, someone threw this out. They started talking about, um. American exceptionalism yesterday and, and someone uttered that and it just it blew my mind like how how can you 10 years ago when that would come up and someone would make a statement like that I would question that but now you're, you're still you're still using that that terminology that phrasing you know American exceptionalism and, and freedom and we're the we're the, the the freest most powerful uh most prosperous nation on on earth freedom <laughs> like are you are you sure about that i i think i think our definitions uh, of freedom may differ i mean mine it just follows the textbook and then just making an observation and then making comparisons to the past you know like soviet russia nazi germany communist china things like that north korea <clears throat> and finding a, a lot of parallels but anyway, so I've noticed um, now there, there's been a lot of chatter about uh, digital IDs, um, uh, vaccine passports, all that kind of stuff. And um, it was loose discussion in 2020. I would say the summer of 2020 to the fall, loose discussion. Um, and a lot of people were saying, that, you know, it'll never happen here. You even had people in the UK, you had people in Australia. <laughs> 
um, uh, back when Australians weren't weren't prisoners just yet, um, weren't prisoners to a totalitarian regime just yet. But people just kept saying it, it'll never happen here. It'll never happen here. And well, here we are. Um, we're over 18 months into this madness. And meanwhile, you have case numbers going down, positive case numbers going down, uh, deaths going down, vaccination rates are just going uh, through the roof. We understand that none of these vaccines can can uh, can honestly state that they partially or completely stop transmission of the virus. And with that fact, some would even question how, how can they even have the title of a, of a vaccine when they when they don't necessarily meet the criteria, or at least what the criteria used to be. As the CDC and the FDA and everyone else keeps changing the rules as they go, depending on what the agenda is for that day. You know, but with all that, so many, and, I, and I'll use the word opportunity, opportunities, um, so many opportunities have been uh, utilized. I mean, it throughout this whole situation everyone's been stuck in this this chronic state of fear where we just we move from one crisis to the next and each time we think things are getting better but we see new things popping up new pieces of technology that you know uh, force us to forfeit more of our privacy uh, more of our dignity more of our liberty and we continue to just nod our heads and, and roll with it and it wasn't until maybe 10 months ago, you know, I didn't realize just how bad it was until I started to dig into it and look at all these different, um, these biotech firms and, and uh, all these different companies that have just sprouted up, all centered around the digital ID concept. All these different companies, well, that already existed that were jumping on the vaccine passport bandwagon. I mean, every time you turn around, you have IBM or someone saying, hey, look, here's our here's our prototype. Here's our template for the U.S. And and of course, you know, it, it can't happen here. It can't happen here. Uh, meanwhile. All around the world. The, these companies are sprouting up now in India. There's a company called uh, Adhar. And they have uh, biometric security uh identification software and systems and that's their forte um, and of course their 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 billionaire CEO over there um, has really been pushing this as as a you know it's for your own good you know it's for the greater good it's for your your own safety which I, I love that one you know it's it's a method for um, digitizing your fingerprints and you know your your face and all your information and and protecting it so no hacker can no one can steal it and and uh, all that it's like okay and well one point I think it was one point two billion Indians have have, have uh, I won't say jumped on this because there's a belief that some were coerced 
um, where a lot of individuals that were receiving benefits, um, whether it be food rations, things of that nature, uh, monthly food rations, um, if those things were withheld until they got on board with this thing or not, you know, we can only speculate. But people do question, you know, well, how were you able to implement something so quickly in just a few months and get over a billion uh, people on board um, just like that? But, hey, you know, what, what, what do I know? You know, and, and it's not just India. Australia, who, I mean, here in the United States and, of course, our, our media, our media platforms, and they avoid showing all the footage of, the the police brutality and the and the beatings and all that stuff and all the protests and um, the insanity over I think they had fourteen hundred COVID deaths total fourteen hundred they have millions of citizens millions and they still kept doing all these lockdowns they were going around doing arrests for people who didn't check in um, for people who traveled outside of a uh, parameter which would change on a weekly basis they had their their leaders come up uh, I use that term loosely um, but they had their leaders that would pop on from time to time and tell the citizens oh you can have you know you can have an hour of outdoor time you know you, you can go out and get some air you can walk your dog but that's it or you know family of five well one of you can go to the grocery store one day a week you know <laughs> And, and if you complained, <clears throat> you complained too loudly, you would be stifled. And if that wasn't enough, you would be arrested and jailed. And there's been plenty of footage of that. Individuals that even tried to organize a peaceful protest using social media platforms were arrested. There was one video in particular I watched where it was a pregnant woman um, who wasn't even organizing a protest, but... She was simply asking questions about how her voice can be heard. And she started talking to the, the wrong people. And it looked like a group of people were discussing this. And next thing you know, or, you know, the video is showing her husband, you know, he's filming it. And they didn't just arrest her. And she was, I think, seven months pregnant when they handcuffed her. Um, they also confiscated their, their phones and their, their laptops and iPads and all that stuff. Um, and... So many people looked at that and said, well, it's, you know, we're, we're in a pandemic, you know, but that kept happening. And here in the United States, we saw or we've seen a lighter version of that. We saw it in 2020 where you had hundreds of thousands of people protesting the, um, the death of a, of a black criminal. And that was fine. You can you can burn buildings down. You can tear down statues. You can spray paint stuff. You can steal everything within sight and you can level um, all the small businesses in, in dozens and dozens of cities across the country. <clears throat> but if you get together and protest lockdowns, which there was plenty of that, which kicked off uh, April 2020 for a couple of months, then the media would put the spin on it as uh, being something, uh, you know, it's racist. You know, and they would only show just the white people that were they would not show any blacks or Hispanics or Asians or anyone else. <laughs> they would zoom in whenever they would show footage from these rallies or they would take pictures from these rallies. The same thing with uh, the, the January 6th 
a riot, not insurrection. It was it was a riot. Um, still illegal, sure. Um, but let's let's not blow things out of proportion. Like well, like Congress and you know, I mean, they needed it to to escalate and everything so they can push all this crazy legislation through. Um, but that's that's beside the point. Um, but just like that incident, you know, you had blacks there, you had Asians, you had Hispanics, you had, you know, um, you had immigrants, legal immigrants, people there that were protesting. Hey, you know, there's all this evidence out there showing, you know, um, all these questionable um, actions being taken and, and ethics violations being broken in regards to the integrity of the election. Um, and they wanted to have their voices heard. Unfortunately, there was um, quite a few bad actors that were mixed in there. And there were a handful of people that were they were definitely uh, um, uh, anti-Semitic and that sort of thing. But you're talking about an event that had hundreds to, to thousands of people. Um, so, of course, you, you're going to have people there that are only there to cause problems. And that's exactly what happened. You know, but all that and all that negative focus after ignoring six, seven, eight months in 2020 of absolute just mayhem and, and destruction for the, the likes of which many of us haven't seen in our lifetime. I mean, I'm, I'm 39 and no, I, I have, I've never seen anything like what I saw from, uh, the end of May, 2020, um, all the way up and through, uh, I'd say early October of 2020. It was, it was absolute chaos, but, it was sanctioned, essentially. It was sanctioned. So, going back to these these digital chains before before I go off on another tangent, so many things have been introduced that five, ten, fifteen years ago would have been shot down instantly. What are you talking about, Sir Thomas? All right. Well, here's one in particular. The headline, U.S. Congressman Reintroduce Sweeping Digital ID Bill. Now, this one in particular comes from Congressman Bill Foster. He introduced this bill. Uh, the title of the bill, Improving Digital Identity Act of 2021. Um, I, I, I love how so many of these things, <laughs> these bills, they'll get these names where it makes it sound like it's you know, to the benefit of society or something like that. Or it'll sound like it's this honest thing, you know, improving digital identity. You know, it's kind of like the, the Freedom Act, the, the Liberty Act, the Patriot Act. You know, it always sounds like, oh, well, Patriot Act, I can get behind that. I'm a patriot. <laughs> Even though it's designed to just give the government the ability to completely just bypass all your freedoms, liberties, the Constitution, everything else, and just take you, swoop you up in the middle of the night, you know, <laughs> Just for saying something that they don't like, if they can just label you as a terrorist, you know. It's, uh, but but we have this this wonderful piece of, uh, of legislation, and um, it's centered around developing and funding task force at the local, state, federal level. This is in addition to local law enforcement and, and uh, state law enforcement. Um, this is a additional thing here. And of course, the, the taxpayers will foot the bill because that's how this stuff goes. Um, you will love your tyranny. You will love your totalitarian state. 
and you will pay for it <laughs> in more ways than one. But yes, out of your pocket through your taxes. And this was introduced uh, back in July of, of this year, uh, or I'm sorry, reintroduced July of this year. And it's it's floating around. Um, it's gaining some momentum. It's it's gaining some uh, bipartisan support. And it, it's always fascinating how um, certain things are bipartisan and certain things are partisan. Um, and when it comes to, uh, or at least it, my observation, if it's something that um, may benefit the, the special interests or may benefit um, mega corporations, that seems to be uh, bipartisan. You, you'll see that with foreign conflicts and a lot of things where those things are bipartisan, you know, uh, uh, raising the debt ceiling or, you know, there might be some some back and forth on raising the debt ceiling. It's not the best example. Um, the, the federal budget. That tends to be bipartisan and it tends to be just rushed through. Somebody might snap a little bit, um, but like this time around, they even add on a couple extra, you know, billion dollars just because even though it's it's not really needed. Um, but if the right people want it, uh, um, to other than the 99 percenters, I mean, most of us fall in that category Us people that aren't, um, you know, millionaires hundreds of times over. Um, we're not we're not billionaires. We're, we're not bureaucrats. We're not, you know, politicians. We're just the people that we well, we believe we elect these people and that they serve us. They work for us. But well, they don't. Um, but so many of us, we have to live with a lot of these bits of legislation that get rolled out. And this is one of many. So I talked a little bit about. Um, HR uh, 49080. Now this one, this one was introduced um, in August. And this little beauty, which it was introduced, is just f still floating around. It can pick up, it can pick up steam at any moment, like a lot of our legislation, especially over the past 18 months. Um, but this one in particular gives um, special powers to uh, to the Department of Homeland Security. It adds in a, a lot of additional techniques, additional funding or requests for additional funding, and it, it gives them the, the ability to detain and stop individuals that are un unvaccinated from traveling internationally and nationally and just around the U.S., and it has support. You'd think something something like this, enough people would raise their hand, are our uh, public servants, and would shoot something like this down in a second and say, "No, this is this is completely unconstitutional." I mean that this isn't freedom at all. But nope it's it's still it's it's making its way. You know, and it's not just here. I've, you know, I mentioned Australia. I've mentioned the UK, where they have their own, you know, vaccine passport, um, digital ID nonsense that they're trying to push. Italy has their Green Pass certificate, and they're trying to implement a uh, a bit of a pilot program with digital currency with the digital currency. 
digital ID. I'll come to digital currency in a second, uh, but digital ID, and it's the same story. It's you know it's for your own good. Um, it's to protect you from hackers, you know, and and uh, you'll have freedom and, and and complete control over your medical information, your financial information, and all this stuff. You'll be able to access it instantly. Well, what's wrong with now? Right, right now, if the system works as it should, I have a debit card connected to one one bank account. I have credit cards connected to things, and. I just use my card, <laughs> you know, well, this is faster, more secure. I haven't had any issues with, with anything else, you know, so I don't, why? What if we don't want this? Do we get a say in this? <laughs> no, 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 this is, these are dangerous times. No time to think, you need to act, you know, and here's, we're telling you exactly what to do. You need to just do it. And of course, we, we nod our heads, majority of us. Hey, you need to stay six feet apart? Sure. Hey, you need to wear this mask inside of buildings? Okay. Oh, you need to wear this mask outside and in public and just out in the open? Yep. Now you don't need the mask. Well, now, now you do need the mask. Well, you, you might need the shot. We'll make it available for everyone. Okay, we really need everyone to, to get vaccinated. Okay, it's still your choice. We will not mandate this we will not mandate this <laughs> okay now it's mandated everyone needs to get it <laughs> uh, oh we're going to encourage uh, civilian employers um, and we're going to also have our federal agencies uh, force people to get it uh, or I should say I'm sorry whoops uh, coerce um, uh, our people to get it and if they don't then they're fired because you know freedom <laughs> yeah what about the freedom of choice? Well, you have it. <laughs> and if you don't get it, you're choosing to starve in the gutter. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but it's just, it's just, it's just funny the way people rationalize just absolute insanity, absolute tyranny. And it's, and it's just raw and pure form right there in your face. And people still say, we're the freest nation in the, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So in the midst of all this, and like I said, I said I was going to come to digital currency because I think it's um, it's another one of those things um, that's just kind of not necessarily being managed behind the scenes. It's it's being discussed right in front of our faces, um, but we're so busy dealing with nonsense and arguing about um, uh, uh, transgender athletes competing with 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 women and. You know, the, the racial stuff and, you know, police brutality against blacks and white supremacy and, you know, all these these social issues, as I said before, that are crafted in such a way that it's hard to see it as anything but intentional. It crafted in such a way that it is perpetual and continuous, like like a war, like it's something that will never end. And it's something that keeps us divided and keeps us busy bickering over things while the, the big things, I'll call them the big rocks, the things that deeply impact, you know, uh, my future, my daughter's future, you know, her kids, their future, those things um, are just ignored. And we just we never get around to dealing with those things. And it's one of those you don't know what you don't know, because many of us don't know that we don't know that. <laughs> 
so many of us are really lost. Now, as I mentioned before about digital currency, you know, the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, that's another thing. That's another huge thing. It's another consolidation of power, influence, and control. Now, I'll paint a picture. Imagine that the central bank, and this is this is a global thing, I won't make this just a US thing, but imagine the, the central bank, the regional central bank within whatever country you live in, had direct access to you, to your money, I should say. And if, of course, this is how they'll, this is how the, the central bank and, and our government will paint it, They'll say, well, if we need to send out stimulus checks, if we push the, you know, UBI, uh, unit, uh, a, uh, a basic income, and we push that, then the central bank can just directly deposit that money or directly transfer those funds to you. That's how it'll be sold to you. But imagine that having, having a central bank that can immediately can turn on your credit cards, your bank card can turn it off, can put money in, can take money out. Let's say, you you know, with all the, the facial recognition stuff that we're starting to see here, we're starting to see more facial uh, uh, biometric scanners and things just on city streets and places like New York and Atlanta, Chicago and all that stuff. We're seeing more. We're slowly. It's like we're slowly adapting <laughs> to uh, certain things that we used to. Uh, mock that was that was going on in China. Well, that that's still going on. But having that ability, you know, you, you jaywalk, you get a ticket, and then they immediately just take the money out of your bank account. And that's what this central uh, bank digital currency. That's that's one side of it. There's a lot of other terrible things about it. Dangerous things, that of course those are pushing it won't want to discuss because with all these things I always have a handful of questions and they're usually the same you know one is you know who's paying for it two who's controlling it three what happens to those people that disagree with it or disagree with how it's managed And it, we, those are questions we just, these days, we really don't get to discuss it. So you have that control, central bank digital currency. Then you have all these different companies sprouting up, pushing this digital ID concept where your, your face, your fingerprints, everything is all uploaded and, and available on the cloud. You know, or I'm sorry, it's protected. For you. It's for your own safety. It's protected. The government has complete control. Even though there's been data breaches galore over the past decade, but no, 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 not this time. You know, they're, they're going to protect your, your identity and your information. There's no way it could be used against you in any way, shape or form. There's no way someone can determine, hey, this person is speaking out against the state, <laughs> speaking out against the crown. Shut off his credit cards, shut off his debit card, you know, flag his digital ID so he can't travel or go anywhere 
let's see what else he's got here well we made him get a vaccine uh let's see here so he's got his vaccine passport flag his pa vaccine passport so he can't travel from state to state he can't travel across the border to canada or mexico <laughs> you know oh and he's got it on his cell phone all right ping his cell phone as well you know <laughs> whenever these new technologies come out you know i I always encourage people to think worst case scenario. You know, anytime there's anything, I mean, whether it's an app or, you know, whether it's software, whether it's hardware, but always think worst case, you know, what if someone in a position of power and influence and in a position of perceived authority, you know, what's the worst thing they can do with this technology? And that's where you need to start <laughs> when, when you're when you're thinking about whether something is useful or not. You know, what's the worst thing someone in a position of power, authority, or influence could do with this? And looking at these digital IDs and the vaccine passport, the second they mentioned that, and it, which I knew it was coming, just like I knew uh, vaccine mandates were coming. Um, once the threshold of about 30% vaccination was crossed, once we crossed that, then it was easy. You just start blaming the unvaccinated for the numbers, for the rises in cases, Ignore the uh, the fall in deaths. Ignore the reality that these vaccines don't stop transmission. So plenty of vaccinated people could be responsible for this, just as responsible as the unvaccinated for rising cases. But you you push all these things. And sure enough, you'll get enough people on board, you create enough hysteria, you create enough tribalism where essentially the, the inmates will run the prison for you and you can just step back and watch as they they attack each other and force each other to do things that are maybe against their uh, against their convictions against their values against their morals um, against their better judgment um, and just based on just basic human behavior many of them will fall for that and will fall in line when we were all in in, uh, in elementary and middle school at least in, in my day, <laughs> I think I'm old enough to say that. People would say, hey, you know, the, you know be careful. People are going to try to, you know, use peer pressure to get you to do drugs or to get you to sell drugs or to steal stuff or whatever. You know, do things that are completely out of out of your character. Watch out for that. You know, what they failed to, to mention was that even when you become an adult, <laughs> You'll have you'll have entire media campaigns and ad campaigns launched at trying to encourage you to do something that goes against your your own best interests, against your own convictions and values and morals and upbringing and all those things. And, and in some cases, even your religious convictions. They, they left that part out or the fact that they're going to be adults in lab coats trying to um, push you to do drugs that you don't need or want. That may actually harm you. Drugs that have harmed that have harmed others. But the thing that'll help all of this is having, I mean, there's already a, a great deal of surveillance. I mean, it just and go back to the Patriot Act. <laughs> you know, take a look at all those additional powers that are there. Take a look at exactly what the NSA is and what they and what they do. It's kind of like taking a good look at the CIA and, and what they've done with they, their actual results, not the mission statement, not what's on, on the on the paper, not what's on the website, you know, not the nice, calm, friendly, freedom, liberty, protection, 
national security, special interests, yada, 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 you know, but what they've actually done, at least what's available. And that'll tell the story. But having these, these digital chains will make it very easy to isolate people. And we've already seen a lot of that happening with all the censorship on social media. I mean, I've been kicked off quite a few platforms. You know, is it for being, um, I don't know, attacking people? No. Being vulgar, you know, cursing, all kinds of stuff? No. I'll post a video or something or, or, or an audio clip where I'm talking, I'm speaking just like this, or I'll share a, um, a statistic that is 100% true. I'll add in um, where I got the information from. For some reason, I'll still get kicked off. I'll still get banned. I'll still get demonetized or, or whatever. Um, whether it be Twitter or YouTube or Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, it, it doesn't matter. But having that control over that, controlling the flow of information, controlling the voices, controlling the narrative, controlling the, well, it's essentially controlling the, the perception of reality. At least in the eyes of the masses, definitely in this country. Then also throwing in digital ID, having that additional tracking capabilities. I mean, most of us have smartphones and it's not hard to track us that way. But having your, your face, your, your fingerprints, all that stuff all uploaded and easily accessible by your government that just wants to help you, of course. Then having the central bank having direct access, immediate and direct access uh, to your money. Hmm. And then vaccine passports and then having that become some sort of international requirement. And you've got something, something pretty strong, something that could last a thousand years. <laughs> I mean, now you're, you're talking about long-term, you're talking about permanent control of a group. The needs of the uh, few outweigh the needs of the many as we continue to just march right towards all this. A lot of this stuff makes me think of, um, there's a quote from Frederick Douglass. Um, I, it goes, uh, I didn't know I was a slave until I found out I couldn't do the things I wanted to. Pretty simple. And that's, that's how I measured a lot of this. What was I able to do five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? You know, and how does it work now? Five, ten years ago, if I wanted to travel internationally, I would just book a flight, grab my passport, hit the road. No big deal. Now, I mean, uh, I've been very fortunate. I still, I've still been able to travel internationally. But it comes with a price. I've had to get numerous swab tests at a point where my... You know, my, my nose is, you know, was rubbed raw with the occasional, you know, test here, test there. Shove this up your nose, shove this in the back of your throat, you know, and you're, you're, uh, you're sick until proven healthy, right? That's, that's, how, that's how it goes now. But all that, and yeah, it was not like this five years ago. It wasn't like this two years ago. But we, we've accepted this as our quote-unquote uh, new normal. And the needle just keeps moving. 
with, with more small incremental changes. With the occasional crisis, um, with the occasional injection of uh, chronic fear every couple of weeks just to keep us in the right mindset. So we're uh, highly suggestible to whatever new thing needs to be thrown at us for us to accept. It's these are wild times. And there's there's a uniqueness to all this, but at the same time, there's there's some uh, there's something familiar. And of course, it's rhetorical. I mean, you don't have to go back very far. Um, if you just look at the 20th century and then up until where we are now, um, all the different times uh, totalitarianism has been pushed in the form of, I don't know, you can, you can call it fascism, you can call it communism, you can call it whatever, you can call it um, democratic socialism or wh whatever fancy spin someone wants to put on it. But it follows the same glide path. I mean, it's initially pushed as something to, to help mankind. It's for the greater good. You know, it's for the benefit of society, 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 society. Um, but then years later, when people step back and they look at it and like, oh, wait, it was pretty much like crony capitalism and a bunch of other terrible things where it's just a handful of people controlling things. And millions, and well, in this case, could be billions, suffer. And then after a couple million people die, then, oh, now we see, you know, but by then it, it, it's too late. The damage has been done. And then time passes. And then another society has that same, that same, pro, that thought process, you know, oh, that thing that we read in history that happened in multiple places over a hundred years. Oh, that'll never happen here. We're nothing like them. And then give it a couple decades. A couple of people get into the right positions. And then lo and behold, look at that, you know, here we are. And then, of course, the people will be in denial, kind of like how people are in denial now of the current state of affairs. I mean, it's just when will we learn? I mean, collectively, when will we learn? I know the the. Uh, you know, we many of us want to do right by others. We want to look out for our neighbor and that sort of thing. Sure. And it's easy to sell people on the idea of benefiting society. But what people need to remember is that society is a concept. Society, the concept, society, it does not carry life. I carry life, me, I am life, the individual. So anytime someone's pitching you something and they're going on and on about the collective, they're going on and on about collectivism, they're going on and on about society, and they're not talking about the, the individual, then they're selling you nonsense. They're selling you a concept that they see themselves dominating and controlling and massaging. That's why they're pitching it. It's like someone trying to get you to join in on some pyramid scheme and they're the ones at the very top. They're going to make all the money and they're going to leave you holding the bag when the whole scheme collapses. 
that's that's essentially what this is. There's so many concepts that we treat as though it's it's real and it's true and it's tangible and you know society doesn't have a face or a pulse or anything. Which is why it somewhat it frustrates me a little bit when people go on and on about the the, the benefit of society. You know, the, no, the individual. When people talk about rights, you know, gay rights, black rights, white rights, you know, Asian American rights, Native American rights, 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 rights. No, it, individual rights. All that group stuff is nonsense. All of it. It's all just a bunch of nonsense. It doesn't serve us, the 99%. It doesn't do us any good. It just keeps us divided and chopped up and primed and ready to be triggered, to get upset about the next, you know, non-traversy that gets thrown out there to keep us distracted and bickering with each other and swimming in just irrelevance and nonsense. You know, so it just gets, um, it, it gets a little sad. You know, watching watching a large group of people make the same mistakes over and over again, arguing about the same things, getting just mired in mud over things that, that ultimately don't matter. It's the same thing when I when I watch people bicker about race. It's like I I you just just look up the history of race and where it started, where it came from, its foundation. The concept of race is what, four, five hundred years old? People act like it's just this piece of our identity, that, and it's always been a piece of everyone's identity since the start of mankind. We're talking about something that's existed just for a couple hundred years, opposed to the thousands of years that, that man has been here. But someone was able to pitch that and sell that and make it stick. And it's perpetuated today, where people still go on and on like, uh, okay, I some of it I get, some of the pride I get, a little. But even that, I have some issues with it because, you know, it, being proud to be white or being proud, in my case, of being black. Well, for me, personally, I see it as nonsense because I didn't earn this. There was no rite of passage or anything like that. I didn't have to, you know do anything I just was born I just I was created my mother and father created me here I am and I'm brown you know I'm, I'm or technically classified as black so why would I be proud of that I'm not saying you should be ashamed but I'm saying that I'm just asking why why I feel a great deal of indifference to a lot of this there are things that I'm proud of things that I actually achieved I'm proud of the fact that I was able to uh, finish graduate school, get into graduate school and finish with great grades because I earned that. I worked hard at that. I'm proud of the fact that I, I did well playing soccer in different sports and stuff in high school because I earned those things. Being black, I did not earn that. Being a man, I did not earn that. It just I, I, I was just born and that's it. But we get wrapped up in this stuff. I mean, it's. It's interesting, but it's it's also tragic. You know, it's like it's like standing on the side of the road and you and you're seeing two cars about to collide. You know, and 
you want to you want to yell and get them to stop or to see each other or or like why why won't they hit the brakes <laughs> but you've seen this car crash happen 15 times with the same people making the same mistakes not paying attention and then being surprised at at the at getting the same results <laughs> following the same path getting the same results over and over and over again what is that einstein's definition of uh of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Well, that's our society. Meanwhile, we still have the same circle of people raking in the money. We still have a handful of billionaires that, you know, that they went from just being, you know, having a couple hundred billion between them to having, you know, one, two trillion dollars between them. <laughs> A handful of people having more money than, you know, the bottom 60% of, of this country, of the U.S. And we're okay with that. We just we just accept it or, you know, or we're just in denial or we just ignore it completely. But anyway, those are just some of my thoughts. You know, I, I find a lot of this stuff interesting, um, especially with um, new or I should say recent. It's not necessarily new, but recent. Um, technological moves, um, especially when it comes to these these digital IDs, um, uh, central bank digital currency, the vaccine passport concept, um, and uh, which that in itself uh, warrants its own little conversation, um, which I'm hoping to get a guest to come on to talk a little bit more about that, um, about vaccine passports, um, exactly what what it means. Um, where we're going with it and, and where we could end up. Um, none of it's positive, unfortunately, but I think it's still worth discussing. So with that, thanks a lot for listening in. Thanks a lot for your support. You can still find me on Instagram and, and Facebook, Google Snell Nation. And I'm also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and I think about 10 others. So I'm not hard to find. So send me your feedback, send me your reviews, positive or negative, as long as it's constructive, I'm happy. All right, Snow Nation out.